Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. Yeah, yeah. I'm Megan. Hey, hi, hello. And we are joined, as always, by with the person who is the only reason why this podcast exists is recorded goes out um is uploaded all everything melissa me yes wow it's what an introduction it's not moths i actually do <laughs> <laughs> literally like no one else here it's not moths moths are not he's not doing it. all he does is walk in the background mm-hmm. you guys can't see him though um speaking of seeing if you want to watch the video version of the episode we are on patreon for only a dollar a month you can catch the video versions and um if this is your first time listening hello uh buckle buckle in bitch i just want to say off top we are pro-vaxxers and if you disagree this probably isn't the podcast for you yeah and that's not going to change we always have been if you say well i've been listening since the beginning you haven't been listening well yeah we've always talked about our beliefs and how we see the world and 
you haven't been listening, so stop lying. <laughs> Might I suggest uh, Joe Rogan? <laughs> Go ahead. Get yourself some horse dewormer. Live your best life. Right. Yeah. So we're an advice podcast. We give you fantastic, amazing, wonderful, life-altering, changing, perfect advice. We're also so pretty, so gorgeous, <laughs> so funny, and just like the best people ever. Um, and if you want to call in for an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. Or if you're an international listener, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Wow, I did almost say that my name started with a P. And you know what? Whose name does start with a P? Addison Ray's character in the remake of She's All That, He's All That. Guess what they named her? Pop. No. There's only one person in the world I know with this name. And I don't know them personally. They're an actor and like... Patricia? Paget. Why would they go that obscure? I don't know. So you watched the movie? No. I watched oh. Trixie and Katya watch the movie, okay. which that is how I sense. watch things that I don't want to watch. That makes more sense. I was like, why? I would never. Okay. But Have I did... Have you seen She's All That? Yes. I recently, not recently, because I haven't been on an airplane since like 2018 or 2019. I watched it on a plane. Okay. And I definitely watched, I think, growing up, but I watched it on a plane like three years ago or something. Kiss me. That's it. Sixpence. Oh, none the richer. What a great song. So let me give you some criteria for the requirements for calling in to the podcast because we... <laughs> We have high standards and you have to be 18 or over, have your parents' permission. And we suggest that you write everything down. We don't even just suggest, we demand. Right. We can't be in your house, but like, imagine we are holding, <laughs> we are holding like a, not gonna say a gun to your head. Cause like plot twist, big gun control fancier. Right. <laughs> um, I'm holding a dildo on fire to your head. <laughs> That's on brand. <laughs> and we are saying you have to write down everything that you're going to say and then read it aloud for your call. But before you do that, practice, 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 because you have to keep it under three minutes. And the only way that you're going to get all the details information in there is uh, if you write it down, practice and do it over and over again until you aren't missing any info. You've got the ages in there, everybody involved, all of the important info. Uh, we really don't need to know if someone smells good unless it's like so relevant or what your zodiac sign is. What else? Let us know your pronouns. Was there anything else that we ask? No. So what's new with you? I moved. Yes. Yeah. I'm really happy. I'm really excited. Last night I slept the best I've slept in a long time, but now it's, I'm in a lot of pain. So if you're watching the video, I have this ball here that I've been rubbing on my body because I had packed up my good shoes for moving and I was in some shoes that didn't have a good bottom on it. And my whole body is aching. It was like packing stuff. I didn't, you know, actually move anything. Yeah. But my body is aching, but I'm really happy to be in a much bigger place, not a tiny one bedroom apartment. How many um, bedrooms is that? Three. Wow. That is like such a change. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Ugh, I can't wait to see it. What's new with you? Um, not much. We went to Palm Springs for my birthday. The vlog is up on YouTube if you want to watch it. So that was really fun. It was so nice. Everybody was commenting on the video like, oh my God, you guys look so happy. You look like so much fun. And I was like, we were thriving. Yes. Like all everyone, like the group chat afterwards was like, damn, really I'm sad to be yeah. home. But that's like my favorite thing about my group of friends. And like, I've always been like this because I don't have a ton of like close close friends that I would invite places that I like all of my friends can be friends with each other mm -hmm. and like know each other and like you and 
You've hung out with Kyle before, haven't you? Like we went boxing and like he sat in on podcasts. Yeah. Because I was going to say Sydney's probably the one you haven't hung out with the most, right? It's probably equal between the two of them because she was actually on the podcast. So like that makes me like always excited because like Mm -hmm. all of my friends know each other. So I'm like, I have a bachelorette party. Like I'm fucking sad. Yeah. Like everyone just, it was just a good vibe. And I wasn't sure how, because I you know, I haven't but, been yeah. left LA since February 2020. And that was the most amount of people I've been around. Oh, yeah. One, at one time. 100%. So, yeah. Yeah. No, this was in like... It was great. But yeah, that's pretty much exclusively what's new with me is that I we were in Boston. <laughs> and I think that's it. Oh, I've also decided that I'm redoing my wardrobe. Or not even redoing my wardrobe because like I have a lot of pieces that fit into this aesthetic. But I've decided my new aesthetic style wise is um Lorelai Gilmore meets Blair Waldorf meets a character from a Nancy Myers movie. Those I know three are completely different. So the Blair so the Blair and Lorelai, that has a Actually, little bit I of a really crossover. Don't know what Lorelai wears, but she wears it's like show is boring. I said it. You're not wrong, but that's also <laughs> why I love it. Like it's not One Tree Hill. Like you've watched like when you're like settling in for a show like One Tree Hill, you're like let me prepare myself for like someone like chasing in a corn maze and like high school shootings. Like it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And like Gilmore Girls, it's like, I wonder who Rory's going to bring to like the pumpkin festival. So annoying. I live for that shit. Yeah. But she dresses very late, like very early 2000s kind of style. That can mean a lot of things. But like, okay, so early 2000s in the like young adult version of it. So as opposed to like, furry or like fuzzy like hair clips or like stuff like that she's like like, are you wearing juicy couture she definitely has sweatpants (laughs) that say juicy on the butt which i still own juicy sweats and i wear them all the time never seen yes you have you just they don't say juicy on on the butt but i would get those they just never went on sale when i was a kid so like naturally i never had those or they never went to like i used to get my juicy from goodwill Marin County, man. <laughs> Great Goodwills. But Blair is like very preppy and like Lorelai, like she like wears to drop off Rory at Chilton. It's an accident outfit. Oh, so, okay. I was picturing the daughter, but you're talking about the No, I'm mother. talking about the mom. Okay. <laughs> so she wears like this like pink graphic tee, long denim shorts and like boots and a blazer to like drop Rory off at Chilton. And it's like supposed to be like, oh my God, like laundry day. Like I have nothing to wear, but like it's kind of a vibe. So that's like the look. And then the Nancy Myers, I just like need to like, you know, because it's some like cashmere, like throw some yeah, like that's very me. Yeah. And like that's like very like old rich lady, mm-hmm. but then also like the summer dresses and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So that's what I've decided that I'm going to um dress like. The only obstacle in my way now is um where the fuck am I wearing these clothes to? Right. I I'm trying to figure out what my fall look is. Oh yeah. So take in mind, I think if you can get on my level with formal fall looks, mm-hmm. we can then just, that can just be us, us together. Yeah. Great. Because mine involves a lot of blazers and okay. I need to like, can't be sitting next to someone who's like not. Well, I mean, I used to wear blazers yeah. all the time. I no, just you stopped. are my partner in crime for yeah. this. You I wear just, heels. Yeah. I just stopped. So, okay. I'll f- I'm, I'm figuring it out. Okay. Abercrombie isn't doing it for me for fall. I did get some pants that haven't mean, arrived like, yet. Pants wise, but like top wise. No. Yeah. I want some like funky knits, mm-hmm. some I like weird colors. It. Like I want like a green sweater. Yeah. I hate shopping at multiple stores. I just like to do one dump at one place. And so I'm trying to figure it out. I know. Maybe, maybe eventually we go to like the mall <laughs> and 
And then we... What a joke. I know. But <laughs> that's the issue too is I hate shopping from multiple places online. Yeah. And I hate malls I'm, more than I hate That's what I have to figure out. Do online. I hate them all more? I can say that definitively. Which mall do you like? Or which mall? None of them. None of them. You don't like any of the malls here? No. Not one? If I had to pick, I guess it would be Century City. Okay, of course. Then that's the only one. I do like that mall. Yeah. But I only but I like it more for the food that is offered. What do you like to eat there? Well, you can't have it, but Italy. Oh, I love. No, I can eat stuff at Italy. Okay. I love Italy. Italy. They've got some good ice cream shops mm-hmm. that have like lactose free ice cream. There's like two or three of them. Wow. What else? That Asian. Yeah. Fusion. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. I, I do love it there. I do. Well, I'm looking forward to the looks that we're just going to be popping off this Mm -hmm. fall. I'm very excited. Me too. Okay. We are going to hop into an update. Mm -hmm. And even though Melissa gave you the warning at the beginning, if you are an anti-vaxxer and you are still here, you are asking to get your feelings hurt Mm -hmm. and you're smelly. Wash your legs. (laughs) So this is your warning. You need to exit out, go take a sniff of some like sniff of some like frankincense or whatever, some lavender, and then um, carry on with your bullshit. So should we get to the update? Roll the tape. So I'm the caller that called in about having a friend that said that he was going to get a fake vaccination card. Um, and that did not sit well with me because like I said in the call, if you guys heard that last call, I was not too happy about that. I was pretty mad. I thought that that would be a really poor choice to make. Um, So basically what happened was that I ended up distancing myself from him a lot and he'd reach out to me a lot and I'd be really short with him and I kind of, I didn't know what what to think or how to, until I I knew it was like official that he was going to do it. So I distanced myself. He'd reach out to me and my replies would be kind of short. And then one day he asked me, he's like, hey, are we okay? Like what's going on? And I was like, honestly no we're not really okay like and I kind of told him how I'm not okay with his decision that he was going to do that and he wrote back saying that he was actually going to get vaccinated for real and that you know he kind of looked at it as like he's so fortunate and like privileged to have you know to be able to have access to the vaccine and he wants to go ahead and take advantage of that so he's going to do that so he got vaccinated and none of his classes were actually on campus they were all online so either way it worked out but he got vaccinated he said he got vaccinated I'm really hoping he really did I I wasn't there and he got vaccinated so it's like I just have to take his word for it and hope that he's not lying he, he said that he would never get a fake vaccine card because even he did say himself that he was just kidding he was stressed out about school and COVID but he said he would never actually do that especially for school when you know campus is pretty dead we go to a community college and so we're not all back to campus yet like universities like I only have one class on campus and it's a ghost town on campus like there's nobody (laughs) so he said that he wouldn't risk doing you know a fake vaccine card for that so I'm pretty happy and I really really hope that you know he isn't lying to me and that he is telling the truth because if I find out that he was lying or just saying that just to kind of keep our friendship then that's it. I'm pulling the plug. That's just with anybody. That's not okay with me. Yeah. I mean, definitely my first instinct was, did he actually? Right. (laughs) Because like, and also because you said you distanced yourself from him, which is like a totally valid Mm -hmm. thing to do. But like, 
it just kind of sounds like when you get mad at your boyfriend and he tells you exactly what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, we use the term privilege. Like, this seems like I'm like, huh. It, it does seem like a bit of a stretch for him. But if he did it, great. Yeah, like, I don't want to be like, people can't change. Like, I want that to be like the truth very much like too. But I do wonder, like, the way he's talking about it sounds yeah. like someone else got him. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't necessarily just sound like, a oh, whatever. But it's like, yeah, no, you're right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it sounds like, mm-hmm. fingers crossed that it is true that, like, someone else got to him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping because we actually had a big, I hung out with him the other day and we had a really big discussion about everything. And, you know, we talked more about, like, the vaccine. And I know before he wanted to wait till it was FDA approved. And then once it did get FDA approved, I know that, that like, made him want to, like, actually go get it even more. And I know, like, before, like, I, like I said before in the last call, like, I've been fully vaccinated since April. I got it. It was my choice. I didn't have to get it for school or work or any of that. Like, I got it on my own. And he kept saying how, like, he was sketched out. But one thing which... you know you can't make somebody get vaccinated or not like that wasn't my spot to do that but the one thing that made me mad was like we'd go out in public and it was back like when covid was pretty bad and we'd be in like crowded places whether it was indoor or outdoor and he'd refuse to wear his mask and like dude like it's do you see how crowded this place is do you see how like this was like last fall and last winter and i'm like do you know how bad cases are like it's not gonna kill you like i know we're outside but still you know like it's really busy and he'd like fight me on and he's like no i'm not wearing it like it's not gonna kill you to wear the mask yeah but if you don't have it on it might. might kill you yeah yeah and again like i know i can't force anything but it made me mad because i'm like out of respect for like myself and the people around us and like it's just you know even for his own safety and you know for me like i i worked in customer service i worked in a restaurant for a while and this was during covid and i've had so many people come in and try to fight me i'm like wearing their mask and I'm like look like come on like it's 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 just for a minute like can you just please like I have to wear mine for like seven hours a day I'm not complaining like you could wear yours for like two minutes to walk to a table you know like it's gonna be okay like (laughs) just chill and um yeah so that kind of made me mad and it made me mad that like my friend was kind of acting like that because it's like well I don't want to be friends with someone who's like that and so we were we're very like different with COVID like he doesn't care about it as much as I do. He's not as safe as I am. And, you know, it's just kind of hard in that way because it's like, I want to keep a friendship. Can I ask why? <laughs> What's his like, <laughs> pot, like, why, like, no offense. Like, and I don't mean this yeah. in like a shady, but like we are forced with like moral failures in like people doing, like failing to do this kind of thing that like, I completely understand. Like, It's one of those things mm-hmm. that you're like, this is really embarrassing that like, this is someone who I'm friends with and like, oh mm-hmm. my God, how could you act like this? So, like, what are, why do you, <laughs> why do you want, like, do, what are his good traits? Like, oh gosh. So I've met him before the pandemic really kicked off. You know, I met him because I moved back to California, back to San Diego last January, 2020. So that was before everything got really bad. And I met him then. I met him on the first day of school So I was able to see good traits before everything, but, and I say this about everybody, once the pandemic hit, it really showed people's like selfishness and like who people really are. I think that was kind of hit, like his selfish traits started to show. And I think because like, yes, like there are some bad parts to him that I don't agree with and that I don't like. There's also some good parts and it's kind of like, I want to keep that friendship, but I also like, I don't know, like not, you know. Because it's hard because it's like rewarding someone for bad behavior. Mm -hmm. But then it's also like you don't want to necessarily up and leave every person 
yeah. who, who can like showing growth and all of that stuff. So, I mean, I think if he's like showing growth and like, he's actually like learning and understanding from this, I think like, I am like very much on your side of like, I don't know if he's like, like totally telling the truth. So I would just, I don't know, like bring up like COVID things in general Mm -hmm. to see like, if he still has that same mentality of like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to, then it's like, "Hmm, maybe you actually didn't get vaccinated or like make a reservation at a restaurant where you like have to show your vaccine Mm -hmm. cards. Plan a trip to Europe together. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. See if he, he gets caught in one of those like fake busted ones, if it's actually fake like the moderna the girl that got busted with hawaii i can't it's almost as bad as the woman who got busted because she made vaccine cards for her like children who were like four and five right right i was like ma'am fox news is really not educating you well surprise all of them are vaccinated i know that's what like drives me crazy but yeah it sounds like if he's like hasn't been taking covid as like seriously or like safety precautions and all Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff like that is like cause for concern, even if he does get vaccinated and all of that, like, and that's like great. I think it's like the hope is that he continues, continues to move forward in a positive trajectory and like does now take it seriously and does now wear his mask and yeah. does all of that kind of stuff. Cause I think if like you're having to fight a friend on like caring mm-hmm. about other people, it is kind of ironic. Cause like a friend you're supposed to, they're supposed to care about you. And if like, they can't do like the basic human decency, that kind of stuff that can be exactly. hard. Exactly. And it's harder because like, you know, you can't force anybody to do anything and you can't make anybody change. They have to do that on their own. So that's kind of the hard part too, because it's like as much as you wish they would change, it's like, you can't do too much about it. Like you can try and like talk to them about it. You can try and like, you could try to steer them in that direction, but if they, if they're fighting it or if they don't want to go. So it's like, it's kind of like a rock in a hard place. Like I know I can't make him or anybody, but at the same time, it's like, it's tough. And yeah, yeah. funny you mentioned though, really fast about the mom who made the fake vaccine cards. I'm on my school paper because um, I'm actually a journalism major. Oh, so when I said to... expose him through the paper, <gasps> it could have been you. <laughs> I was dying laughing when you guys said in the call, when you guys were like, yeah, like I'm going to send a letter to your school paper. I'm going to do this. I'm like, I am the school paper. I love it. That's and so like, funny. I could do that. But yeah. And um, I actually, we had to share a story and I shared the one about the anti-vaccine mom. And I was this girl in my class, like when she heard that, we shared it for everyone. She, the girl was like, that is so cringy. Like, I hate that that's even a thing. I'm like, me too. She probably sold some cards to the Moderna girl. but Literally, you know. like so embarrassing so embarrassing but like i just want to know like what would you guys do if you were in my situation like do you guys have pointers that i could like if i could handle anything better what would you guys do i mean i'm not friends with anyone anymore that's not vaccinated <laughs> that, that that can Smart. get vaccinated and aren't vaccinated mm-hmm. so i honestly i would ask to see their card that's what yeah. i do i'm very straightforward in that way and i would do that too and then i think that like my MO with being friends with people who we don't necessarily align on absolutely everything. We align on like the very big things. We just don't align necessarily on the way we get about, we go about getting there or whatever. Or I've had friends who like, they went out a lot and like did stuff during the mm-hmm. pandemic wearing masks all the time. But like, still, like, mm-hmm. I was like, shut the fuck Come on. We are like surging in cases. And I would say stuff to them. And like that we, I'd gotten in a couple of arguments with friends where I was just like, Here's the thing that's like frustrating is like if everyone did what you were doing, we would be even more screwed than we are now. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that you are above 
what everybody else is doing? What makes you special in how you get to handle this? And the same way when it's like people of my friends were like, you can be more relaxed. And I go, why? Why am I better than anybody else? Like, why should I value me getting to do this and doing all of that Mm -hmm. stuff when it's like, well, not everybody's doing it. So then why me? Why Mm -hmm. am I special enough to do that? And I'm not. And the same thing with like other people and having people having to explain like, oh, do you actually genuinely think that you are above and better than other people? That kind of lets it sink in because we do get really stuck in our own bubbles of like, what we do every day and you like when you go out like you're saying like your campus is deserted and so like Mm -hmm. or you go other places and there's not a lot of people out there and you're like see that it's fine that i'm out and i go but other people are choosing to not do that to protect that and who are the people who have to be out the people who work here the people who like need stuff like i don't need to just go like meander and like prance all Mm -hmm. around other people need that more than me and like who am i to say that like i deserve that more than anybody else right and like we went away this weekend and everyone got to COVID tested before and, and we vaccinated. vaccinated. We had already been vaccinated. So, yeah. And that's smart. That's the safe way to do it. Honestly, my situation kind of, I, if you guys remember this call, I'm sure you guys see, but it reminds me of the call you had where the girl was saying that her and her friends were going on a trip and they all got COVID tested before. And one of the friends lied and she got tested and she didn't. Mm-hmm. But when on I the trip, it's kind next of, update oh yeah, I think that's the next person, the next update. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like what it kind of reminds me of. What's more embarrassing, like what's worse though? I had this coworker. We used to be friends. We're not friends anymore. We don't even follow each other on social media. She was actually way worse than him. Like she was super anti-mask, kept saying COVID wasn't real. She one time told me, and I'll never forget this. This was the this was semester. So she said, if you have a weak immune system, that sucks for you. And I was like, Did you? Really? That's insane. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. One last thing I will say to you, because you said community Mm -hmm. college, you moved into a new place, like new city and all of that. As somebody who went to a college, moved to a new city and all of that, the biggest advice I can give you in general is it is so much better to be alone than to have shitty friends or friends that you don't necessarily align with. And friends can be like a stepping stone. And sometimes it feels nice to be surrounded by other people Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. But I think if you find just watch with the other people that you make friends with that like the compromising on like how people handle a pandemic and all of that isn't not not necessarily completely commonplace, especially for new (laughs) friendships. And like I got into a habit when I had like friends that were great, but had like they were nice and like, blah, but they had some like major character or like moral flaws. Then I started just kind of accepting that with other people that I would become friends with. And then like my bar got set like lower and lower and lower with that kind of stuff. And I know how lonely it can be in a new city and to have like new friends and like that can be like a whole great thing. But I think if he ultimately is not open to communicating or doesn't make you feel like it's a like safe or like valid place for you to air your concerns and like have those productive conversations, then I personally would cut your losses with the friendship and like they're not even that like major of losses and you will find so many more people who are like so aligned with you on all of this stuff that you won't have to like kind of like walk on eggshells around someone who you're like why the fuck are you doing this right yeah and it's you know and it's also like i don't want to seem too like nitpicky or anything but seem nitpicky who fucking cares yeah there's no reason not to you guys if you go somewhere just be like i'm just showing i'm sending you my here's a picture of my vax car just show yeah 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 exactly i'm like hey i i would love to be friends with you guys (laughs) (laughs) hey there's lots of us there are lots of versions of us everywhere lots of people angry about anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers and all that shit 
Exactly. And like, if you guys ever come to like my part of California, <laughs> I, I'll tell you guys like separately. I don't want to say the podcast, just let's go to lunch, the three of us. I'm like, you guys Ooh, are great. I love you guys. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so thank much you for so giving much. us the update. Thank you guys so much for your time and for having me on. Of and course. again, I love you guys and I love the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Have a thank good you. rest of your day. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye guys. I hate to be a pessimist. You don't think he did. I don't. I think he did. I want him to. So like I am like choosing to believe that. But if there were two sides at war in my brain, one of them has a lot more people on it. Well, at least he's not going to class. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We love to see people and growth and all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't be pessimistic because I want that. I usually am. So the fact that I'm not on this one. Yeah, I trust you. I'll be on your side. Okay. I don't believe you. Nope, I don't either. Okay. <laughs> I don't even believe myself. <laughs> uh, let's begin the rest of the episode. Get some calls going yeah. on. Hey, Megan and Melissa. I have listened to about every episode of your podcast. And recently, the new one, I think it was episode 14 for this week, I think it's called Should We Try to Be Poly, something like that. And you mentioned in the beginning that you're both members of sororities. Megan, that you didn't have a good experience. Melissa, that you had a great one. And I just want to know more about that. I plan on going through sorority recruitment at my university this fall. And I just want to know, Megan, what your experience was like and Melissa, what yours was as well as um, which organizations you were a part of. So if you guys could give advice on that and talk about what it was like for both of you, I'd appreciate it. By the way, I guess I should say my pronouns are she, her, and I'm 20 years old. So I look forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye. I don't even like to say we are both in, like to say what we are in is under the same umbrella because like, yeah. So I will say that like any of my, just like to preface it, and I said this a bunch on TikTok when I've talked about like my sorority experience and all of that stuff. My issues start and end with panhellenic sororities and like panhellenic greek life fraternities and all of that kind of stuff and i think that a lot of the quote-unquote ideals that uh, greek organizations are based off of are really only exemplified in black sororities and fraternities asian sororities and fraternities uh professional and business ones and special interest those all uphold those kinds of working towards a common goal and like people I know who are in like business ones it was like incredibly helpful for getting into business school and doing all of these other things my experience in panhellenic sororities has been just and again not to say that other ones aren't like this I'm sure they all are just based by by nature is just like incredibly clicky for like no reason and I have friends who've had like wonderful experiences in sororities and fraternities and stuff. Um, but I think it's for well, for me, it was definitely not a necessary thing in my life. And like, it felt like a very necessary thing in my life because there was no social scene at my school because I went to a commuter school. So like everything was Greek life based. I didn't like the person I was becoming when I was in a sorority. And I had a horrible experience with the people who like were in it. And it felt like the most important thing in the entire world at the time. And I had friends who even like, or like who I knew when I was a freshman who were seniors who like did not give a shit. And I couldn't understand how it was just like, so a whatever thing, or even my friends at other schools where it was just kind of more passive. I just think that it has the potential to be like a really great experience for some people. But I think it also has equal, if not more of a potential 
to be a really like traumatic experience because it is wholly unnecessary. It is just exclusionary by design and can just breed a lot of toxicity that I just think the history of them is not great. But you had a completely different experience yeah, I had than me. a completely me. different experience. Um, I wasn't, when you said we're in a sorority, with my sorority, it's a lifelong commitment. So I am in a, soror- in a sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, which I think you can kind of see like the importance and the commitment to it. Because like never before really had a sorority been talked about like on national TV during a campaign. And it was brought out a lot with Kamala Harris, who is a member as well. So I went and I think also depending on the school that you're at, you're going to have a completely different experience. So my sorority, I was initiated in spring of 2004. With my sorority, you can't come in as a freshman. Oh, so that's that's smart. You have to have a certain amount of hours. So I actually, because I had taken classes when I was in college, I actually had enough hours to be initiated. So that's one positive thing that I see with it is that you're a student first, not in a sorority before you even school even start. You have a sense of your own individual yes. identity before we didn't have like we yeah, started I mean, rush before how, school right. even started. Right. That's right. that's really smart. So um, I actually think at my campus at the University of Arkansas, they've actually changed it for the Panhellenic. Like they don't start recruitment until after school starts, but mm-hmm. it's still you like, come in as yeah. a freshman. So I think that's one of the positive things about it. You have to also have to maintain um, a certain GPA and have a certain GPA to get in. You have to be voted upon and people like actually have to know you as opposed to, I think with Panhellenic, it's just like you're coming in fresh and yeah. most people don't really know you. Yeah, well, because it's, I think that makes a lot of sense. All of, well, you also, didn't you have the highest, yours was one of yeah. the, the highest GPA at your school. And, yeah, and on top of that too, in a Panhellenic sorority, you're rushing everyone. Like you go around to everyone. With NPHC sororities and fraternities, you're only going to the one that you want. So you have to know what sorority or fraternity that you want to be in. So when you do that, that eliminates just ending up where you don't want to be. Well, the whole process before you even get in just seems a whole lot less toxic mm-hmm. than all of that, that yeah. it is about. Because I was saying, like, to me, your experience, and we've talked at length about mm-hmm. the difference, that, like, it just seems like everything I was promised in a sorority was what was delivered. Right. And, like, all of that kind of stuff where it was like, oh, this is about Jeep, like, or even when people defend them or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was that, which I'm like, that makes complete sense because you, the steps are taken in order for that to like be the outcome mm-hmm. where it's like, of course, it's going to be catty when like you don't know any of the girls. It's based purely on looks. Some some care more about your GPA, but like not really. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is like you're rushing like nine house, right. nine to 12 it's houses and specified. hoping they pick you. Yeah. yeah. So you're going after one and hoping they're picking you. And if you try, like you go for one and then later try to go for another one, that's not happening. Like you can't do that. Yeah. And also I was at a PWI, predominantly white institute in a historically black sorority, um, which we did have other ethnicities in our sorority, but it's still predominantly black. So our initiation class was a lot smaller than what would be like, because you might not make it to the end of your initiation process as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so total on my initiation class, there were 
nine of us. So you really get to know each other too. You really get to know each other. But that's also like if you went to a school that had a higher black population, then there's going to be way more. Yeah. And I think for me, it was a good way to get to know people, a true sisterhood. Also, whenever I move, I can always be like, I can find a friend wherever I am because I can go to like local chapter meetings or whatever and get to know people. When I moved here to LA, I stayed with a girl that she was in my sorority. She was a couple years older than me, but we were in at, at the same time at one point, but we weren't really friends, but like we became closer friends when I moved here because like she let me sleep on her couch for a couple of weeks. So for me, it was a positive experience. I had a lot of fun, maybe too much fun. <laughs> I got to do a lot of great things in college and it has, it has like opened up doors for me. I also, one thing too, was like when I first moved to LA, I really didn't know a lot of people as far as like in the entertainment industry. And I had in my profile that I was a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. And I reached out to a lot of writers just to like, see if you could naively, you shouldn't do this, but see if <laughs> you could get some scripts or whatever. So this one guy responded back to me and he's like, I'm getting back to you because my wife is in your sorority. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now that, cause I didn't know the, the initiation process, what mm-hmm. you were saying is called. I didn't know any of that stuff. So like this may, it makes so much more sense to me, the community of like you and your like, because you've told me this before about how like having those connections and all of that kind of stuff that makes so much more sense because it's so much harder to get there and to be there that Mm -hmm. like the vetting has been done so much that like you most likely are I would assume like-minded with like the vast majority Mm -hmm. of those people like did you feel like that in your sorority yeah yeah, I mean, and it still is clicky too. Well, yeah, say there's that. friend like, groups everywhere. Yeah, there's friend groups everywhere, but I think there's a difference between like you know sisters who fight or whatever, and mm-hmm. like the ebb and flow of like friendships in general versus those real clicks and like manipulation and mind games that mm-hmm. people play with each other. But I mean, I think if you are going to rush a panhellenic sorority, honestly, I would recommend rushing as a sophomore. I had friends who rushed as sophomores who were in my we still refer to ours as a pledge class. Mm -hmm. And I looked at them with like so much like awe with how they were not really phased by the same things that like really got to me or they weren't as like, they just kind of were independent and like were having fun and doing their own thing. But I find that when you rush so early on in your freshman year, not only do you did like you tend to abandon anyone you knew beforehand to that, but it really ties it's like a boyfriend. It ties your entire social experience in college to a group of people that you've hardly really spoken to. And like, you don't really know if you have a ton in common with them. And it can open a lot of doors. Hypothetically, I found it just really closed a lot of like, like, I don't know if I would have stayed. I mean, I doubt I would have stayed in school. I like was not taking any classes. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, it can feel like the most like the biggest deal ever. But I had a lot of friends who I met like the very beginning of freshman year who are like, oh, I'm going to rush sophomore. And by to- sophomore year came around, they're like, oh, I like don't need to. It's fine. And I will say, I mean, if you haven't followed me for a while, I was a Kappa Kappa Gamma. But I think that people can have great experiences in sororities. It doesn't negate the bad experiences. And you can have a good experience in a bad system. At the end of the day, Panhellenic sororities right now, I don't know if, you, if anyone look into like some of the hazing stuff in the fraternities and all of that. It's a pretty broken system. 
And I think now as like an adult looking on it, if I were to go back in time and join one, I would want to be on exec board and like really work towards a lot of stuff. But it is also kind of like a moral question of do I want to be giving X amount of money to this organization that I don't necessarily like that as a whole, I don't really stand for and how much change can I really make and all of that kind of stuff. But I, I know people who are even at my school who are in different sororities who had like wonderful experiences and like not to be that bitch <laughs> because like it does sound really like hoity-toity and all of that kind of stuff. But like there is something especially heinous and I find that they could be toxic everywhere, but the top houses in these panhellenic sororities, like the quote-unquote top houses, quote-unquote bottom houses. I know people who are in quote-unquote bottom houses who had wonderful experiences mm-hmm. And it was really about your personalities and how you jived with each other and all of that. And ours, we had code words for girls who weren't pretty. And like, I got pulled aside and told that I was one of like the prettiest girls in our pledge class. And I wasn't allowed to tell other girls in my pledge class, but I was going to be going and they were going to be a couple senior girls were taking me and like three other girls around and like literally just like pimping us out to the frats and just like parading us around like prizes. And like, that felt really good at that time, which is really fucked up. And like, that's the part that I think that I wish I could get through to people that who are really in it and understanding it. If if you are in a sorority where those kinds of things happen and like those flaws, like I promise you, even if it you don't think it's changing who you are or any, it is. And like, I'm so happy I got out like when I got out, obviously not in the same way that I did. But yeah, I hated how I talked about other women. And like, it felt really like 15 steps like backwards and all of that kind of stuff. And it happens. And I think that like, the farther I am out of it, the more I like recognize all of that. And I think the idea and concept of a group of women together is great. And like having that and like, especially in college and all that, but it is so innately sexist and like puts you in really dangerous situations that I never thought about. Like us as sorority, we couldn't have alcohol at like at our houses. We didn't even have houses, but like we couldn't have alcohol at X, Y, and Z things. And so if you couldn't really get drunk at our own events where like you have your friends and your sisters looking out for you. And so it would be like, oh, just go to the guy's house. The guys will give you alcohol. The guys will pour your drinks. You can party there and be with all of them. And that's not safer. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I got anything good out of it. And when I hear it in contrast to Melissa's experience, we've talked about this so many times prior to this, that to me, I'm like, that's what a sorority should be. Mm -hmm. And that is what sororities are portrayed on television as being like and all of that kind of stuff. And I think if you can find that, that's great. But going in and just being just really aware of like what the history of something you are joining to. Because I think I think if I had known the historical like horrific, like horrific sexist and like racist shit my sorority had done, like and like not my personal chapter, but like some of that stuff I and like the lack of growth and knowledge and response and all of that. I'm like, I don't want to give my money to like this thing. It also looks really shiny and fun. Even when I was looking at Rush Talk, I was like, this is how I know it's like a was like a cult. I look at that and I'm like, I have to remind myself how terrible it was because I'm like, they make it look so fun. And I made it look so fun. Mm -hmm. And like, I was a part of that problem with all of that stuff. And it's not till you're out of that, that you recognize it. But again, it's some schools like Sydney was like never, it was like never a huge deal, but yeah. it really depends. And they're in the same sorority. Yeah. They're in the same sorority. And everyone from our high school was like, you did this on purpose. And we were like, no, we did not. It's a lot. I did my, again, my biggest recommendation, wait till sophomore year. 
So that's my advice. I'm Megan and Melissa. So I'm a 24-year-old female. go by she, her pronouns. And basically, recently over quarantine, I made a new like girl group friends. We're all in our like 20s. And we kind of bonded over this other podcast that we listen to. And so we'll hang out like once a week-ish. And basically what has happened is there's one girl in a group of, I'd say, like eight of us who pretty much nobody really enjoys the presence of. She can be kind of harsh and bad at reading social cues. And is just, I don't know, I, I personally like don't vibe with her. And then I've talked about it with a couple other people who have also said they don't really mesh well with her. And some of her comments that she's made to them um, makes them like a little bit uncomfortable where it's like a little bit rude. And so we're basically in this dilemma where we, to put it like brutally honest, just like want to kick her out of the friend group because like no one really likes her. And obviously she shouldn't be in a friend group where no one likes her because that's not good for her either. And we are just struggling on how to address the situation because obviously it would be really hard to go up to someone and be like, yeah, no one likes you. But I mean, that is the truth. And so I guess any advice on how to approach the situation on kindly disinviting someone to the weekly hangouts that we have and kind of being like, hey, like none of us are really interested in pursuing this friendship with you. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. So yeah, any help would be much appreciated. Thank you. First and foremost... We, if you're watching the video, you heard us say, I mean, you saw us saying this and it was confirmed by Google. I really, both of us really not into the term, um, someone who like doesn't understand social cues as like an insult or like right. a non-medical professional describing someone because that it feels inherently ableist mm -hmm. and as if not being able to read social cues is a bad thing or right. something that people can control or has any reflection on them as a person or whatever. Um, and Google has confirmed <laughs> that it is quite ableist. So just to get that out of the way. Words matter. Yeah. This is the lens that we, we will now be giving the advice on this call mm -hmm. is you obviously use that term for a reason. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I wonder how horrible this person is. I mean, I've definitely been in friend groups with people where like, we didn't like one someone, but like I've never been in like a seven versus one or eight versus one kind of situation, mm -hmm. but I have been in like a three against one. And as the one, like that kind of, it, it sucks. And like, I think that no matter what, it's going to be mean, no matter what it is going to be. Nobody likes you. No one wants to be friends with you. We're uninviting you from our friend group. and you just have to decide, do you dislike that person enough to do that? Because like, there is no nice way to do it because it's not a nice thing. Yeah, especially because of the way that you met too, like online in a, I guess, I'm guessing it's online. She yeah. didn't really say. But it's also not our that, podcast. So rude. Yeah. <laughs> what if it was and there's one person causing a problem? Is her name Rachel? <laughs> If you're in the Facebook group, we're not talking to anyone specific. In our oh, Facebook no, no, no. Group. We've just decided that the name, I think it was because one time someone left. I mean, there's. They left a comment with the their same name. girl that's leaving the same comments because it's said a couple times since Rachel has come up. Yeah. So there's a girl named Rachel who like hates our podcast. <laughs> and so now we refer to everyone who hates our podcast as Rachel. Yeah. 
So yeah, like Megan was saying, is it enough for you? Like you dislike her enough where you feel like that you need to ostracize her to enjoy your group? Or is it just like everyone knows that she's a little bit annoying and we can deal with it? Or is it that she's just so rude that she's just toxic for the group? I would call it out in the moment then. Yeah, I agree. Like call them out and say, if this was a uh, 1990s after school special, hey man, that wasn't cool. It reminds me of the Hillary Duff. Do you know what it means when you say that's so gay? Exactly. That type of energy. And just let them know because maybe they know they're being rude, but chances are they may not realize what they're doing or that they're causing a riff in the group. And it's better to tell them in their face than talk to them about it behind their back. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think if you are going to make it, and I think inadvertently, it's a high likelihood that you'll make it a hostile environment for her because you all have talked about her behind her back. And like, she will be able to sense something is there. So like the next time she does something as opposed to like, I'm assuming you haven't said anything, but maybe you have, but like, it's supposed to be like whispering or giving each other that like knowing look or whatever. Mm-hmm. That fucking sucks. And all that will do is bring, breed more hostility from her. And it will just become like a complete cycle. But I like normalize calling people out who you're friends with, who are being like, re- like I do it all the time. Like yes, Kyle seen it in action. <laughs> Palm Springs. Like that is like who I am. Like I will be like, Hey, that's rude. And like, don't say that. Like, I've just always been like that because I think it's, I would rather sell, like there are certain things that like I'm a ghoster and will cut people off and all of that kind of stuff. But like at a certain point, like if someone says something rude, I don't want to assume that they're a horrible person. I'd rather get an apology for like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just think that like there are a lot of steps that have kind of like seemingly been skipped here, but maybe you have called her out and maybe it's not working. And I think that like, if that's the case, I also want to know what rude is like, is she like commenting on like, that's an ugly shirt? Like, is she just like negative? Like, is she just bringing people down or is she like making fun of people? Is she like a bigot? Because I think all of that matters. And then if you really want to be done with the friend group, I guess the hard thing is, like you said, like they all met kind of probably in a weird way where they all had equal footing. Mm -hmm. So then I would just, I would, if you're going to do it, it's going to be cunty and it's going to be mean and it's going to hurt her feelings. The only thing that you can do other than say something to her is that you all full ghost her and it's still horribly mean. Like you will be the villain in her story and you just have to either be okay with that or you're not okay with that. And you try and like work on this relationship with her or maybe then she'll decide that she doesn't want to be in a friend group. But like, yeah, it's like she's being rude. If you're all together and one person is like, hey, that's rude. And that opens up a conversation. Then maybe she'll leave. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, I guess like one last thing to like loop back into the social cues thing a let's not use ableist language but also if you mean meant it for what like it is usually typically used to describe which is someone who it's not in their control that's again ableist in itself but i think that that is someone if you're recognizing that a again group of friends should not be talking about that but if you're recognizing that that is to have a conversation with them if they're saying something that's rude because in itself it's not an intentional thing it's someone who's not it just yeah and like to cut someone off for something that it seems like you also think that she like doesn't know what she's like doing or isn't aware make her aware in a nice way Mm -hmm. this is my worst nightmare like a group of like 
eight people all together and like they all secretly hate me. There is nothing worse than like if you have a problem with somebody than talking about it with other people. Like, and people know, people always know when people are talking with them behind their backs. Mm -hmm. They might not realize it at first, but the thing is when you start talking behind people's back, you start getting more comfortable and then you're making those looks or those side glances or those whispers and then the person picks up on it and then they know that you're talking about them. And there's no worse feeling in the world than being with a group of people who you all know, oh, they've definitely talked, they've definitely Mm -hmm. talked shit about me. There's no point in making someone uncomfortable regardless. And I think that like, even you can try your very best to not do that. But once you talk about someone behind their back, inevitably it's, it slips into your everyday life. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be one. This is going to be a call that Rachel gets so upset with. They hate when we don't take the side of the caller. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Rachel. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package, and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods i cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there 
Oh, and, and it's it's delicious. It's so good. And I just I love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes. But also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code blame me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley 
And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must-read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller, and 100% multifaceted joyride. (gasps) When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns, but that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back from our break and we are going to get into the rest of the calls. Hey, Megan and Melissa. I'm 25 years old and my pronouns are she, her. I just started my fourth year of teaching, and I've been at the same teaching job for all four years of my career. I teach music to kindergartners through 12th graders every day. I have wanted to teach music since I was in seventh grade. I put myself through hell in college to get my music education degree. And on some days, I do love it, and it feels fulfilling, but the bad days are starting to outweigh the good. With the climate of everything going on, I hate having to tell children over and over why it's important to wear a mask correctly when their parents are completely anti-mask and don't believe that the pandemic is happened, still going on, all sorts of crazy shit. My kids in band do not have the motivation to practice their instruments. I told them a couple days ago after I specifically gave them an assignment to practice at home. Literally all of them said they did not practice or pick up their instrument one time. They didn't even lie. It's so defeating. I know moving to a different school and a different place is an option, but some days I have crippling anxiety about school shooting. I had to call in sick because I have it in my head that it's going to happen. In fact, when we're trained on the situation, we are told when it happens and not if it happens. It's horrible. I'm really considering switching my profession, but I don't want to give up on all of the years I've worked for this. I feel kind of like I'm giving up on junior high. Overall, I'm looking for advice on if I should make the switch and what should I do. I don't know anything outside of school. I've spent the past 20 years in school. How does a non-school person find an adult job? Do I need to, like, make a LinkedIn or something? Thank you for listening. I've been a listener for years now, and y'all make my Mondays my favorite day of the week. Thanks. Goodbye. You sound so nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. If you choose to go into a different direction work-wise, you're not giving up on no. junior high. You did it. You did it. And... I want to say, like, I don't want you to think of it as quitting. It's pivoting. So I recommend picking up Michelle Obama's book because she pivots a lot. She pivoted a lot. Pivot! Yeah. And she talks about it and she says it all the time. And I think that that book would do you a lot of good. But it's not quitting. You did it. Your people change, evolve. 
we're, I feel like we're part of the generation that we're not like career driven, like where you have to stick in one career. You can change whenever you want to. If you're, you've done it, if it's not fulfilling you anymore, move on to something else. Yeah. I mean, it's like you hiked to the top of the summit, Mm -hmm. you got there, you enjoyed the view and now you're ready to hike somewhere else and Mm -hmm. go somewhere else. Like something my therapist has told me, which is obviously not in, was not in related to the same vein, was that things serve you and then they stop serving you. Mm -hmm. And you try and go back to how they served you before and it's never the same. That's because they served their purpose. And like it worked for so long because you needed it to work and because it did, whether it's like coping mechanisms or anything, like this thing served you very Marie Kondo. (laughs) And at a certain point it stops and we can try like chasing after it like we can try and go back in time and have it be what it used to be for us but it's just not going to happen and that's when we have to adjust and change and do all of that being a teacher is like an it's a thankless and incredibly one of the hardest jobs especially where we're at right now we're asking way too much of teachers and good for the ones who are able to like maintain that joy of teaching I would not be able to do that yeah like junior high you didn't know that we were be we would be in a pandemic this was something that was unforeseen and it's completely unfair of you to judge yourself against like your thoughts that you had 10 years ago and your dreams from 10 years ago dreams change reality makes things different like Maybe if we weren't in the pandemic, you'd feel different, but also like it's wearing you down. It's wearing your your students down and it's hard. It's hard. Like you shouldn't be judging yourself unfairly because we're in unprecedented times. And you had a dream, you achieved your Mm -hmm. dream, and now it's time for a new dream. And I will also say that new dream as somebody who has like been very, both of us are very much like this. Like I don't work to live. I live to work. Mm -hmm. I love to work. Teachers don't usually get into the field because like they usually love what the money. No, you love what you do. And I think something that can be helpful is like knowing that your next dream also doesn't have to be career focused. Mm -hmm. It can be personal growth. It can be anything like that. Like it doesn't have to be centered around your career. And because you are going to be kind of like starting fresh, you don't have to embark on something the same way that you did with like a childhood dream. This Mm -hmm. can be like, I'm going to try something else out now. If you want to like, if you really still like music, maybe it's getting into like private lessons. That's what I was going to say, because with private lessons, it's usually with people that are a little bit more dedicated to what they want to do. And you're getting paid more if they're not. Mm -hmm. Like if it's a parent forcing their kid, at least upcharge. And you know that they practice because their parents have them practice and that also eliminates the school going to like campus anxiety Mm -hmm. which i can't even imagine i think that's a good step or a good pivot that is still in your wheelhouse but it is something that could ease you into something that if you decide you want to do something completely different but i think the cool thing about that like there are lots of different like tutoring organizations like less teacher organizations who do that kind of stuff or like a music school that Mm -hmm. like has freelancing. My friend does that. She's a freelance um, vocal teacher too. So I think that I would recommend that. Melissa says you have to make a LinkedIn. You do. I'm not on LinkedIn. But yeah, make a LinkedIn. I think if you have any other people at the school who you are close to, whether it's like admin, I mean, not students, I mean like admin or people like that to be able to like let them know like, hey, 
I'm thinking of taking a sidestep work-wise. This is like what I want to do. I would love to be able to pass out flyers or have like a sign and like let the parents know of like the students and like all that kind of stuff to like utilize that network that you already have. But I don't know if teachers, you have to sign, if it's a public school, I don't know if you have to sign like a non-compete or something. Probably not. Yeah, but you should be able to be fine to like do all of that stuff. And as you do that, I would set a personal goal. So you kind of take the focus off of the career right now because switching jobs and changing that, that already is a pivot and it is like where you're going to have a lot of your energy and focus on. But I think you've held a lot of value in who you are based on your profession for a really long time, which I completely understand. So I think as you do that, if you can set a personal goal for you that has nothing to do with your work, I think that will like put you on like a good trajectory. But yeah, no one's looking down on you at all. Well, best of luck. Excited for all of your future endeavors. And thank you for all everything you've done as a teacher. And you're, you're still incredibly valuable. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a 24-year-old with she, her pronouns. And today I need some advice on my boyfriend of two years, who is also the 24 and goes by he, him. Our relationship has been great and I truly can't ask for much more, except in the last few months, we've been arguing a fair bit and can't seem to come eye to eye on a few things. This more so started when the COVID vaccine became available to our age group in Canada and he really wasn't eager to get it. We fought a lot about this and couldn't come eye to eye until one day he just came over and was like, oh yeah, I got vaccinated today. So obviously I was super happy and he's now fully vaxxed. I think he just needed some time to decide that that was his decision and didn't want me telling him what to do which he is a bit stubborn in that sense. However, he has brought up a few times that the government shouldn't be making the vaccine mandatory to do things like work in the government or travel. However, he is fully vaxxed, so I don't understand how it affects him or why he keeps bringing it up. Since he knows my stance, it seems like it's only to argue. Flash forward to two days ago, we came to the topic of birth control, which I recently stopped taking as it's been causing me some really terrible side effects. So I brought up that there really should be male birth control. And he was quite against this idea saying that condoms are male birth control, which I guess is sort of true, but they only work if you're using them and they don't have tons of side effects like like female hormonal contraceptives. I tried explaining my views on this and then talked about how we live in a patriarch society and how the world is truly designed for men. For example, women are more likely to die in car crashes because the crash test dummies are designed as male bodies. And people are less likely to give CPR to a woman because they're trained on male body dummies. He argued against every point I made and said that women have come a long way in the last 50 years and that it also sucks being a guy at times. And I said I was trying to explain how a male-dominated world really has effects on women that men don't seem to notice. And he truly wouldn't acknowledge what I was saying or believe half of it. This ended up turning into quite a heated argument which ended in him slamming the door and leaving without resolving anything when he was supposed to sleep over that night. I was absolutely livid and in the heat of the moment decided to download Bumble. I made an account, swiped no on a few people and then realized what the fuck I was doing and deleted it. Then two days later, after we haven't spoken for two days, he messaged me saying, can you explain why you're on Bumble and said a friend of his found my account. I know I'm so in the wrong here and I feel terrible but I wasn't interested in anyone and didn't swipe yes on a single person. I want your guys' perspective on how to come out of this. I know I'm in the wrong, but I also feel like he is too from our arguments, but I'm really struggling on how to resolve this. Thank you so much. And I love the podcast. 
for those of you just listening, Megan just held up her iPad and it said Duncan, which we have to make merch. With yes. Duncan. It normally is where I write my notes. And that is the only note that I have. You're not in the wrong. You're talking about equality and he's talking about how far women have come. That's not talking about equality at all. This man, it's not like he likes to argue with you. He is a misogynist. Yeah. He does not believe in your equality. He thinks your equality is up for debate. Yeah. He's selfish. You guys do not have the same values. You can't be in a healthy relationship with someone and not have the same values as them. There are certain things that people can debate and like have mm-hmm. health. It is, I am a misogynist and I am not a misogynist. Like that's not a debate. Like Mats and I even had to table one debate that we had. I'm not into debating. I I'm, I don't I'm not, like it. I'm not into ba- debating. I'm not a person that's like, well, devil's advocate. No. I, the devil doesn't need a fucking advocate. No. He's got little Nas fucking down there with the stripper pole. He's fine. He's fucking fine. He's making a big case for himself, okay? But like, oh, Mats and I had to table one that like when people were saying that Oprah should run for president. And here's the thing. I don't necessarily think that Oprah should run for president, but I didn't like how much he said Oprah shouldn't run for president. And so then we got into this massive debate that finally I was like, this isn't going anywhere. I don't even really have strong feelings like pro or con any of this. Like, I just don't like your like response to this or whatever. And we just like tabled it. But like that is such a minuscule hypothetical sort of thing that like you are arguing about your rights, what you deserve and your experience. Like you are having to defend and debate your experience as a woman to your male boyfriend who's like, meh. Like you are debating your exist, your personal Mm -hmm. lived experience and your existence. You logging on to Bumble afterwards. You don't want to be with him. First of all, I think he was on. I don't think a friend saw. I think he probably saw. Mm -hmm. And that was a direct response into something that you have been, something that has been done to you. Sure. Is there a world in which I didn't do that? Yes. Does that negate my point? or my feelings, or my anger, or anything. No. Does it make me the bad guy? No. Because here's the thing. You're gonna, like, you have to, he's a piece of shit. And, like, if he's gonna pull the whole, like, well, you should have respected our relationship. You should have respected me enough, you fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. You expect me to respect our relationship enough to just not hop on a dating app and just swipe on through, but you are going to sit your your ass here and fucking tell me that women had, like, women, women have come really far. You're going to mansplain that. Let me mansplain this shit to you. We're over. Fuck you. Dump him. I hope that by the time this episode comes out that you already have. But if not, I hope that this has inspired you to do so. He is a royal piece of shit and it's not your responsibility to fix him or anything. And if he's been with you for two years, he's been in a relationship with clearly a feminist, like someone who is, I mean, you're a fucking woman. You're just like living your life, doing all of this shit. Like the fact that he can feel this way about Uh, Not only women, but a woman who he has been dating for two years. Fuck him. We didn't even touch on the part where he told you that you need to get back on birth control. Oh, my God. Okay. Not only do you dump him, be so fucking mean. Don't do anything illegal, but like. Rip him, 
to fucking shreds, hurt his feelings, make him cry. He's the type of dude that wears a condom and says that his dick is too big for him. Yeah. Just doesn't feel the same. It's just not comfortable. It doesn't feel the same. He's a misogynistic asshole. And there's no knock on you for dating him because it doesn't, if this is coming up this late in the relationship, I'm just going to assume that like, He's been pacifying. Yeah. And or just things haven't necessarily come up and they haven't been like one year, I think is like you still kind of have the rose colored glasses on like two years is where you really start to get to know each other. No knock on you at all for being with him. But he has shown his true colors. and Now it's time to get out. Bye bye. Now I like low key want for these people who are like dealing with their like horrible boyfriends. Like what's their username? Let me search them up. Mm -hmm. Let me search them the fuck up. And so I can see who they are. Because half the time I want to like go find their girlfriends and be like, hey, I just want you to know that your boyfriend said that he would really love to been the guy in this hypothetical where sororities were forcing forced consent, which is not consent of um, pledges to give guys blowjobs. And he said he wishes it was him. You pro- you happy with that with that guy? But then they always have Patriot in their bio. And I'm like, well, you're a lost fucking cause. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> I'm disgusted. I am so disgusted. You deserve so much better. Get your ass back on all of the fucking dating apps. Mm. Send me a DM. I will pay for your Bumble Plus for a month. (laughs) I will. You deserve it. Okay. We're calming down. So this is, don't blame them. This is where a listener will call in with their own advice that they have after listening to a previous episode. So maybe they have some personal experience. Maybe there was something that we missed or maybe, just maybe, they want to say that we were spot on and totally correct and they just want to hype us up. Hey guys, um, I'm calling with a don't blame them for the caller who recently came out as non-binary to their sibling. I don't know the context of the situation, but I guess I just wanted to give some perspective of like um, something my family's been going through and like w- basically I come from like a pretty um, conservative area people are not very knowledgeable of things that they definitely should be knowledgeable about like um, different gender identities um, and sexual orientations um, one of my siblings recently came out is non-binary and my parents had a really tough time at the beginning just kind of knowing how to uh, refer to my sibling, mainly because they didn't even know what non-binary was before my sibling came out. So again, I don't know your situation and it doesn't, this is in no way to like invalidate your identity, you, who you are and your identity should not be questioned by anyone. But it did take them some time at first just to even come to terms with what it meant to be non-binary, to understand that that was a transgender identity, that it meant not fitting into just one specific category and it did take a lot of like frustrating times of like me and my other siblings kind of trying to defend and come to and like explain to my parents how important it was that they got it right and I did want to say that they have finally started to be consistently correct in using my siblings preferred name and pronouns so I guess I kind of just wanted to say that like just because they're making these mistakes, like, as like if they're showing effort and trying, please don't take that as them not loving you. Because there's some people that just don't understand. And again, like, even though they should, it just does take some time where they've known you as different pronouns for your whole life. 
to figure out what that means and to correct themselves to refer to you properly. So I just want to send you a lot of love because I know how hurtful that must feel. And you definitely deserve for them to be referring to you correctly. And I hope that they're able to listen to Melissa and Megan's advice and really start to grasp how important it is to be referred to you correctly. Thanks. I'm so happy that your sibling has you and your other siblings to help with your parents and all of that. I think that I am not non-binary, but I would also assume people who are non-binary when they're going through this can tell people who are trying and that trying shows love Mm -hmm. and care and sometimes messing up, but that's still trying. And the issue with the original call was that there wasn't the they effort. Weren't even trying. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for you, the don't blame them caller, I part of me wonders if you heard that and you were like, oh no, I want to make like my sibling, I love like our parents still love our like blah 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 and all of that. Not a personal attack on your parents at all. It is just about trying there and all of that. And I I can imagine being the sibling in your personal situation, feeling like trying to mediate everything and all of that there. And I wish the original caller had that. Yeah. And I hope things have changed since that call. And I love them. The original caller. Me too. Can they call back and give us an update? Let us know if you played the call for your siblings. Yeah. I hope it's going a lot better. But yeah, I think that like, there's been like a lot of like news of people like in the news, like non-buying, like all of that stuff. So I think that there's been some more education on that but i would also say um one of the great things about reddit when you have the app is like you look at one thing and then it like will suggest give you push notifications and suggest like random boards for you to follow and i was looking at she's a model and uh i was looking at like one of her quotes or something that was on a uh i don't remember what the exact board was but she's a transgender model and then it got suggested one that was all about like ask an nb anything kind of thing And it was like a whole community. It was a very heavily moderated board. It was like very, I could see as someone who like as an older person or someone who like isn't necessarily like very well versed on that kind of a thing that it seemed to be quite a helpful discussion. And I saw a lot of specifically parents on there who were trying to understand more about their kids and make the effort. But as always, I think unless you are told differently. I think the best thing you can always do in those situations is if you have like a friend or a family member or anyone who comes out, ask them like, hey, what can I do for you? Where, what are the best, like, I'm going to go take initiative and do my own research and stuff. Would you prefer I come to you if I have questions or would you prefer me to Google? Mm-hmm. And then just go based off of that. I think showing initiative in those things is really important and makes in general at anywhere, anytime you're showing initiative shows that you care and like all of that. But then also understanding that it's not s- someone's job to educate you. You don't need to just like sit on your ass for there, but that you can go to them for a resource if they are making that available and open to you, but not assuming any of those things. Well, what an episode. Yeah, a lot of different topics covered. Do you think Rachel's just like screen? Do you think she's already left a review? Yeah. Do you think she's going to do one for every call? No, it'll be, she only comes back every other week. So that is it for our episode. We hope you enjoyed if you want to check out our Patreon, we have the video versions there. It is only a dollar a month, which basically translates to either 20 cents an episode or 25 cents an episode. Math. 
And we also do live streams twice a month. They're literally like Zooms where we hang out. They're really fun. No pressure. $5 a month. It's also a really great way to support our show. Keep the lights on. We literally have lights on now. Today. We do. That helps us keep the lights on. And you can also, you know, if you are rolling in oil money, any other kind of money and you want to spend more, go for it. And during however much you want and we appreciate it. Our merch is also out. It is so cute. It is so great. I live for the fact that anytime that I wear it, whether it's on like Instagram or TikTok, people are like, oh my God, cute sweatshirt. Can I get the link? And I'm like, oh, it's actually our merch. So thank you so much. So we always have that listed in the show notes. You can also just go to our Instagram, click it, order you some, get you some cute merch. If you want to call in for an upcoming episode, again, the phone number is 310-694-0976. International listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. All of the same rules and requests that I said at the top of the show apply. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Follow our personals. My book is coming out on paperback. It is coming out September 28th. But it has a new cover that I designed. I mean, okay, I'm not going to take full credit. Like they have a whole team of like designers and people. But we worked really hard. If you know me, I'm all about the aesthetics. I think I sent you options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you did. So I'm really excited about it. It's really cute. And even if you have the hard cover, cover like paperbacks, so you can like travel with it. You can be that like person on the train where you're just like reading a paperback book and like, you're like wow, so cute. And also it's cheaper than the hardcover. So if you haven't gotten the book yet, please do. Hey, lots of sorority tea in there that <laughs> we talked about on this episode. Oh, look, I just bought it. Oh, thank you. So nice. So yeah. Oh, also, if you want the audiobook too, you can listen. Melissa directed that. But get the paperback. I'm supposed to promote the paperback. So get the paperback copy of my book. So if you could pre-order, that would be fantastic. And also pre-orders count more than buying it the day of its release. And just like the hardcover, if you haven't bought that, it will ship to you on the actual release like you will get it on the release day so a lot of people think that you kind of if you order it then you're waiting and people would rather buy it the day it actually comes out it will arrive on your doorstep and then sometimes, sometimes honestly it's very early. earlier yeah it usually does i have people who like got my book like from amazon like two days before it came out and i was mad because i was like i had ordered mine way before yeah. and i was like excuse me 2042 is right. it happening right so Get my book and my presets and watch my YouTube videos. Anything else you want to promote? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing? I'm over it. She's over it. She's fucking done. Yeah. Um. You know what should happen? We need an integration. Abercrombie, we need a brand deal. <sighs> yes, please. There's two girls that, you know, they've been doing, like they're all over Abercrombie's Instagram. Here's the thing. And, like, pick us. We have already had our not our name, our likeness ripped off for a greeting card in Target. Mm -hmm. We know we look great together. Right. Like we are a look, we are a vibe. Like why do we not have a sponsorship? Yeah. First of all, we look completely different. We have completely different body types. Mm -hmm. We're different heights. Like we are what you want to sell your product on that goes, look. Look at them. Wow. Look at them. Maybe we just need to like start spamming them. Yeah. I'll tag them. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. If anyone works for Abercrombie, please uh, hit us up. Okay, that's it. Go leave us a review and offset uh, the anger reviews that Rachel will obviously leave after this episode. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. 
Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.